We're on in two, one. Hello, and welcome to the Rack and Tour Collection. My name is Charlie, one of your hosts on this magnificent show that you've never heard of. Maybe some of you have heard of it. I am joined by my brother and co-host, Jack, who I'll let speak in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you all out there, Jack, don't say anything. He's pointing at me. He's pointing at me right now. I want to tell all of you out there what the Rack and Tour Collection is. It is a show about everything and nothing all at the same time. On today's episode, as I'm sure you've read in the title, we're going to be talking about the state of life, a conversation and perspective between two brothers, one of which is me, yours truly, the... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You're just repeating the uh, intro again. I, I'm like laughing at my own jokes. One of which is uh, me, the maestro, the master of musical voices. No? No. What? Charlie. Jack? Introduce yourself. Tell us, tell us a little bit about the man behind the microphone. The man behind the M. The, the microphone. The man, the myth, the legend. My name is Jack, and welcome to the Raconteur Collection. As you know, it's a podcast about everything and nothing, all at the same time. <laughs> and our job here is not to reiterate the intro a multitude of times over, but in fact to talk about a few specific details of our life. Some have there. asked us what and the show is about. Some have, some may have asked and, you us. You know, we have told them it's a, show about. <laughs> it's a show about everything and nothing. But you know, someone else has asked me. I asked this. Do you have the time to uh, listen to me whine? Ah, uh, that is that is actually not where our intro comes from at all. It we thought about that after the fact. Mm-hmm. I think we mentioned it on a really early episode that we did not take it from Green Day. Yeah, it's just very similar. So. That's a great song, so I mean... Do you have... Yeah, we're not going to sing it, but... Yeah, no. So, no, guys, on today's episode, we're real excited to get back into the swing of recording and come back with something that we... We didn't really want to do uh, a, a conversation on, you know, a video game or a book this time around. We kind of want to do something more personal, something a bit more... A, a, a vessel to get you engaged into who we are and where we come from and our thoughts and our patterns and our minds and uh you know just overall have a a good conversation between two brothers whose names are jack and charlie on a podcast <laughs> i'm kidding <laughs> that's so good so as i said before this is a no okay i can't i'm not gonna stop doing it. can't do it i can't do it anymore today we're really gonna be talking about the the quote-unquote state of life and when I first came up with this topic idea, I had just finished watching this video about life after capitalism. And while we initially kind of planned for this show to be a little bit more of a conversation about capitalism, about government structure, about, you know, just talking about it, just kind of talking about like the impacts it had on us, we very quickly kind of switched it over. And I wanted to do something that is how these things affected us personally because as i'm sure as you all know out there every time you mention something like this something perceived as political it can be very 
you're walking into a trap. You know what I mean? It's like when you're playing Dungeons and Dragons. For all you nerds out there, you'll know this. You're walking down a hallway, and the dungeon master goes, there's a locked door ahead. Our show's for nerds? <laughs> yeah, our show's for nerds. Oh, God damn it. And the dungeon master says, there's a locked door ahead. And one player goes, oh, I'll try to open it. And the dungeon master goes, oh, are you going to try to open it? And you know, okay, that door is trapped. That's very much know. That's very much what a conversation about anything political or anything, I don't know, remotely, we were trying to talk about, oh, the differences between socialism and capitalism, the differences between different religions. Every time you bring up something like that, the different political parties, it is... It's a very polarizing, polarizing topic to get exactly. into. And it's just kind of sad. And so rather than wade into that quagmire, which is... Dude, not a, great words this episode already. Which is not what I want to do. I want to talk about how more about our perspectives of the world. But to do that, I want to kind of go into a little bit of our pasts so you guys can understand where we're coming from. Because you don't know us. I mean, maybe some of you out there do know us, but if you're listening to this and have no idea who Jack and Charlie of the Racketeer Collection are, two brothers who host a show. <laughs> and it all comes full circle. It all comes full circle. Goodbye, everybody. But talk about a little bit about ourselves. And so, Jack, I'm going to let you start. How And we grew up together, so our <clears> stories, I think, are... You'll know how truthful I'm being. ...are pretty similar. But walk us through a little bit kind of our childhood, what it was like, the things that we had and didn't have. And I, you know, especially not from an angle of, like, oh, I didn't have the new iPhone, so my I childhood why, I don't sucked. know why I thought you were going to say Anglo-Saxon. I was like, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? But not from the like, angle of, like, oh, hey, my life sucked because I didn't have this. But just, like how we actually grew up so people yeah. have a reference. So we grew up in a, in a very big family. When our family was completed, we had a total of uh, six children. 19,000. 19,000. What, what? We had six children in our family uh, and mom and dad. Uh, so trying and I being the oldest, uh, you know, we kind of, we, we ran through a lot of stuff as kind of like mom and dad flying by the seat of their pants in a sense. Mm. Um because when we started growing up, things were changing very rapidly as far as, like, um, you know, basically how technology goes. Uh, phones, internet, computers, all that stuff. So Try and I were kind of, like... Right um, on the cusp. Yeah, we were kind of, like, the the test dummies going into all that. And so eventually it came around to when we were, like, 16, 18. Hey, Charlie Jack, is this game okay for, you know, George to play? Is this okay for Sam to play? Hey, should, you know... So we kind of offer that little veil of wisdom in a sense. Um, but we also grew up in a time where a lot of our play wasn't on, you know, electronics. It was a lot of like outside and we use like sticks for swords and that kind of stuff. But, you know, we did have phones a bit later on the cusp. It, it felt like, like I remember getting our first family plan. I got the T-Mobile sidekick. And I loved that phone. And I had it for as long as I could till like, the magnetic clip stopped working. And then it wouldn't, you know, it would always kick. It wouldn't slide closed, basically. So, but, like, I, I love that phone. And so we kind of, you know, I'll be honest, I'm losing the, losing the direction a bit here, Charlie. Mm. I, don't know if I've, I don't know if I've answered anything, but. I'll come in and steer the yeah, ship. Yeah, if you can, if you can rein it in, I'm like. No, Jack's, Jack's exactly right. We, while a lot of, I would say, 
And we've talked about this in past episodes, if you're interested, uh, especially about like social media, about different video games, about just our history of gaming and stuff you can kind of track. But our family was relatively late when it came to adopting technology because, you know, of course, I was born in 92 and, you know, think the technology was already going on. Like we were already really getting there. But, you know, I still remember having dial-up i still remember it being difficult to load things i mean i still remember like googling or not googling but searching for images and having them like load in slowly bit a bit at a time do you remember getting up early for school and like getting on the family computer and trying to load up like Mega Man or something and it took forever to Mm -hmm. load and so you play for like five minutes if that before like we went off to school yeah like oh things took a long time to load but yeah you know there there was something like special about that in a way and i I think we were very lucky to grow up in that transition time because it was very short-lived like looking back on it you know for sure i feel like the time that we've been in with like smartphones has definitely been a lot longer like like obviously things are changing out of like a rapid pace still but that time that transition was so much shorter than like you know the length of smartphones it was like smartphones have been around for like 10 plus years now that transition time before that was like less than like eight years when like things are just boom 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 right especially with like you know vhs dvds rentals netflix like you know back when netflix you ordered like the cd and you got that like in in the mail and you had to mail that back and then eventually it was all online and you had like the netflix cd like that kind of stuff was really it was it was fun to experience that for sure yeah and jack and i grew up very i would say like lower middle class we had all of our basic needs taken care of. Like we were never without food or without clothes, but we never had, you know, like the nicest clothes or the nicest things. Well, I remember distinctly the, what are we having for dinner tonight? Oh, we're doing, you know, we're scrounging. Scrounging, scrounging yeah. for dinner. Scrounging, like, that was, got the answer. That kind of stuff is very like, I, you know, those those nights weren't like, oh man. It was like, okay, cool, sick. Let's go make our own dinner. You know, right. that, that kind of a thing. It wasn't like, well scrounge up like a thing of ramen it was more like you know piece together what you can from like leftovers that kind of stuff right and we grew up in a very i mean we are jack and i are very lucky that you know all of our our family is very close-knit very i think you know well put together and i always remark all the time especially the more people i know that it's very surprising to me that we have such a good relationship with our parents with our family all that kind of stuff uh, grew up, you know, I would say with no necessarily like political leaning, like from our parents, we, I don't think we really got a whole lot of like, oh, hey, my, our parents are super Republican or our parents are super that like politics didn't really play a role in our life. I mean, and it really wasn't until I would say I was like a late teenager, early 20s that I really started to like care at all about politics. For sure. Uh, of course, you know, like I knew who the president was and that kind of stuff, but it was never like never super impacted my life. I felt like uh, very, I would say kind of you're not traditional American, but I always like to say and I don't mean this in a condescending way at all. I always like to say our parents are very much the uh, the Jesus Christians. You know, we were not we were raised with the idea of like, hey, you want to do good. You want to do the right thing. You want to treat everybody fairly, treat, you know. All that good stuff. But we are not raised with the uh, overwhelming fear of like, hey, if you misbehave, you might go to hell. You know what I mean? So we didn't yeah. have like. No, I definitely remember going to church yeah. for a while. But then there's a point. I think it's multiple reasons 
obviously. One of them being that, like, uh, the family was just really big, so getting everyone to go to church on Sunday was hard. But I remember going to that kind of stuff, and I had a little plaque that said, like, Jack, and, like, you know, it like, had a whole paragraph on, like, what, you know, Jack meant, that kind of stuff. And so, you know, we it wasn't ever, like, forced on us, and I'm very grateful that it wasn't forced on us, but it was definitely there and mm-hmm. very present. You know, we still have, yeah. uh, you know, we still pray and that kind of stuff at Easter and that sort of thing. But I don't know if mom and dad like it, but none of their children are really religious. You know what I mean? So I think they've accepted it. But I mean, one thing that my mom pulled me aside one time and told my mom, our mom. It's like, wait, you have a different mom than me? <laughs> pulled, pulled me aside and was like, Jack, like, you know, we're not going to force on you. But, you know, if, you know, I believe the teachings are true. And if they are and he finds you into your life one day, then it'll happen, you know, on your own time because each connection is like personal and you'll be like i'm not going to force you to anything and so that i i always really appreciated that you know because i know religion can be very overbearing and negative for a lot of people right you know and so i think for us we were very fortunate that oh yeah our parents are just the way they are i don't know how else to describe it you know what i mean and that's really why i i bring all this up is to not you know really get too heavy into the religion discussion or anything like that but this to give everybody out there a a good fabric a background if you will for the type of people we are you know and jack described it best you know we had kind of that upbringing but it was never super forced on us uh very much we're of i mean the millennial generation i guess you you could say but you know that Pardon, I took a drink there. Shouldn't have taken a drink while I was talking. <laughs> middle, middle of talking. Jeez, but uh, you didn't do the that, slurp sound. Oh, I didn't do the slurp sound. But that is very much how we were raised. You know, you know. It's funny. I think a lot of times when people talk about millennials, they talk about like, oh, the the, the gold star generation. They needed to be rewarded for everything. And I, I don't know if that's true. At least from my point of view, I definitely think though, a lot of millennials were raised with this feeling of like, oh, hey you're going to go and do, go on and do great things. If you try real hard, you can accomplish anything. This is a great way to get into our conversation. Topic. Exactly. Yeah, you, you read my mind there. And so that is very much, I think, a mindset I carried very forward. And especially as I got older, and I'm I'm not old by any means. I'll be turning 31 this this year. But yeah, and I'll be I'll be 29. Yeah. Dude, I I'm just going to say it. I can't wait for my 30s. I I'm just going to say been great so far. I can't wait. But very much i've had to kind of deal with the fact that life even if you work really hard you aren't guaranteed anything really and yes i do not want to go in and discredit hard work and that kind of that's what this whole conversation is about different lenses of our lives but the first thing i want to talk about jack is let's remove ourselves a little bit from first moving out first jobs going to an eagle eye mode and I want to I talk about our no kind of our economic and our financial situations as we've gotten older, as we've stabilized. You, of course, you know, two children, committed relationship, you know, soon to be fortune. No, I'm just kidding. Four. But, you know, you have a family. Yes. You're paying, yes. For, you're paying yes. for kids. Mm-hmm. It's me right now. It is just me and then my girlfriend, Kate. Uh, you know, so. I want to hear a little bit, Jack, about what your kind of financial experience has been like 
as an adult. You know, I leave out the oh, when I was a teenager, I was scrounging. You mean, I was, so I'm a roommate. You know, I don't want to hear about the roommate stuff. I want to kind of skip that, but like, I want to look at this very much from like as an adult. Like once you've we're settled, we're not. You know, and this is no shame to people who live with roommates now or anything like that. But you know, I feel like Jack and I are a little bit past the uh, the roommate stage or the you know we've we're a little bit more concrete in what we want from our lives. And now that we've settled, what's been your feeling about money? Just money. You know, all that <laughs> money. So with the with the job I have now, I, I work in sales. <clears throat> it's It's been like um, a blessing and a curse. Because one, I'm not a salesman. But two, like the flexibility this job is giving me, along with like the pay it gives me, is like very very nice compared to like working in say like a target or like a a regular nine to five job basically um there's not all that micromanaging and that's what i've come to really appreciate is like when a job isn't micromanaging you to a certain level that's what i really appreciate um so where i'm at like you know it's been like really nice there are times where i'm like god we gotta drop 500 on the car and i'm not like well we're gonna be negative Mm -hmm. and can't afford, afford food like that Hasn't happened in like five years. So let's take a step back here. And you can stop me if this number is inaccurate. And I don't want to get into the nitty gritty details of how much we individually make or anything like that. But I would say like both of us make between 55 and like 65 a year. Yeah. Roughly. $55. <laughs> $55 a so month. So let's say, okay, so Jack and I, we won't go into the exact details, but we make between you know, 55000 65000 yes. a year. And so a lot of our perspectives are based on making this much money. And we want to talk about, and especially I think coming up in our family where money was tight and we had to have the scrounge nights where we had to not go without. Like I was never, like I'm a big kid. Yeah, no, like, we were, I, I we were never starved. Yeah, we were never starving or, or whatever. It was just like, hey, we don't have like enough to make a full meal. Hey, we can't. You know no, what I mean? And like, I would, I wouldn't even say that. I would say like, hey, we don't, we can't buy you the new car. Hey, we can't. You know, and that. Yeah. And I just, I know, and I'm saying this because I know our parents might listen to this. I am not holding that against you guys at all. That's not given at me, all. I, I think, a lot of respect for like the things I have earned, and especially as I've gotten older and have the perspective of like the, how much things actually cost. I yeah. have a lot of, you know, anyways, well, so I just wanted to, no. I just wanted to state that, but yeah, getting back to point Jack, like with the money we make, like you said, you know, you don't have to worry about dropping the, the $500. Do you consider yourself like a super uptight person with your money? Are you like, Oh, this amount of money I'm going to put in the savings. No. Oh, this amount of money I'm going to withhold like, like, this. I'm going to like this actually into- not at all. Yeah. Like, here's the thing. So Laura and I divide the finances pretty well. Like I basically make the money and she does a lot of like the money managing essentially. Mm. Like when I get paid, it, it's, it, it's, it's kind of sucks. I like get paid, ah, wake up and Ooh, it's payday. And I, I'm like at work, you know, I'm like, Ooh, like, you know, I'm feeling good. And then like, I feel my phone start vibrating and it's like, your payment has been processed. Your payment is in process. Laura's like paying the bills, whatever. Like, and I'm like, ah, like, man, it sucks to see that go. But like, at the same time, I'm like, it's great that I don't have to be like, oh man, like, you know, we're, we're struggling basically, right. you know, like, because I was there for a long time where like bills were like, oh God, yeah. like, how am I going to do it? Can I split it? You know, but paycheck like, to paycheck. Exactly. And, you know, like, so we have money in savings and like, we're doing good. 
And obviously, like, we can't go crazy, but I can, like, go to a store and grab, like, a th- couple of groceries here and there and not have to be like, oh, gosh, like, we can't make it or, like, this sucks. Or I can, I can, I can always put gas in my car. You know what I mean? Right. But it's, I don't know where this conversation really is going to go, but, like, it's to a point to where I don't have to think that hard about all my spending mm. as long as I'm not overspending basically. And I have an amount in my head where I'm like, that's too much or right. I need to go easy this week. You know what I mean? Like just yeah. subconsciously I'm thinking, you know, Hey, I grabbed a couple of snacks last week. I'm not going to grab them this mm. week or, you know, there's small things here and there that I don't have to do, but I do just for the sake of not worrying about. Spending so it, that makes sense. Yeah, the whole the whole reason I bring this up is to say that for the first time in my life, let's say let's just, let's pick a number. Let's say sixty thousand a year, right? That amount of money lets me not even. I would say like we're not flying to Europe every summer. We're not buying new cars. But that amount of money a year properly used and i live i would say like i got pretty lucky with my house my rented house right for sure i'm only paying a thousand dollars a month for my rented house i know that's like crazy especially how much space we have well, i mean it, it's because we're in oklahoma you know what i mean right so. so you know and my utilities relatively cheap you know i don't have any credit card payments i have good insurance through my job so you know a lot of those things i don't have to worry about but at the same time, this is the first time in my life as an adult that I felt like, wow, I can actually plan for my future. I can actually plan to say, hey, if I want this new car, that's achievable now. I can start saving. I can actually live mm-hmm. within my means. I don't have to say, you know what, we're only going to eat rice and chicken breast because I really need to buy this. You know, we can actually thrive and this is just Kate and I. This is not without is it without a child. You know, this is without insane debt. This is without anything else that's pulling away money. And it's crazy to me that that amount of money happened at $60,000. Because when I first went into management, retail management, my first retail management job, I was making, I would say, 36000 a year. Mm-hmm. And with that, I was like, I, I remember at the time being like, wow. That's so, so much money, but oh, like, I know, yeah. But like, man, that's I think enough for one person to live comfortably. And I'm not even talking about going crazy. No, yeah. I, so, and so if I just, if I can just no, interject please, real please. quick, so I, I think what we're experiencing is kind of what the norm should be for a lot of people. The the mm. when we were graduating high school, this is what we thought the norm would be. Right? Is like being able to achieve that and not have to worry about like bills like right you know getting backed up or food going to the wayside or like you know just being able to afford things and then also like hey yeah we can go to the mall today or hey yeah sure let's do a family outing to the zoo like and not have to think about it really you know what i mean and just like just take things in chunks and not be like well yeah we'll go to the zoo four months go by and we can do something else again you know what i mean like because that's what you know, that's what I remember doing a lot of time. Like when growing up in a big family, like obviously, like the ex- the expenditures were like extremely high for right. growing up in a family of eight people. 
And so it's just crazy to think that if I have more kids, you know, that's when I'm going to start, I'm going to have to worry about making more money then, basically. Right. Um, but like right now, like we're living comfortable. Yeah. It would be nice to be making more. So, so I want to, I want to stop you there and with that word comfortable. I remember a long time ago and tell me if you remember this, Jack, we talked a lot about service industry jobs. And I remember on that podcast, hopefully I'm thinking of the right one. No one's going to go back and check me. So it's the right one. Uh, (laughs) But I remember saying people just need help. Like, yes. And people, like I'm saying, I'm comfortable, right? And that is kind of not, I wouldn't say scary to me, but with the job I have, and I'm sure you feel this exact same way, job, or job. Charger sees nothing but jobs but and numbers. I feel, I'm now. sure you feel this way, Jack. Like I am not in love with my job. You know, I I know that there are jobs out there that people can get behind, and I think a lot of it has to do not so much with the job or not so much what you're doing, but with your perspective on it and being mm-hmm. lucky enough or being in a well enough mental space to kind of grapple with just the day to day, whatever you know. Because let's face it. Not everybody is going to be a YouTube star. Not everybody's going to be a famous author. Not everybody's going to be whatever it is and just make so much money and have this amazing life. But it's kind of scary to me that, especially being a retail manager, how many people I work with who make just a little bit less money, we're talking 30000 below a year, and that is, like, not quite enough. And, yes, yeah. I know that, like, if you are, if you don't get sick, if you already have a car, if you don't have a car, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you can be fine. You can make it work. I'm not saying that in money, you cannot make it work. But just the kind of reality of like the world we live in right now, I feel like I've had this conversation a lot with my peers, with family, where I'm always saying like, man, it would be really nice to not live in a society that A, valued money and valued success. In the way we currently value it. Because let's be honest, you look at the person who's working at McDonald's and you go, ah, man, that would suck to be them. And you're like, but dude, that's just person living their life. That's just, what are they, you look the person working at Walmart. You look at these like stupid videos where some Waffle House employee has to catch a chair that's being thrown at them. You know what I mean? And you're Which like. pretty cool though when that happens. Pretty cool. Let's, but let's like, be honest. But you look at those and you're like, oh man, that would suck to do that job. But the reality is, is that people have to do those jobs. Yeah. And that's kind of like. The way our society, and this is, again, very much from my perspective. I don't want to speak too authoritatively and say that, like, my experience is everybody's experience. You're definitely doing that, Charlie. But <laughs> I, it's kind of sad to me that, like, society has set us up to where it's like, hey, you either get lucky or you kind of have to do something you don't like. or For a long time. Yeah, you basically have to work for a living, you know. And I know that a lot of people will hear that and be like, well, of course, Charlie, you have to work for a living. But, like... Let me like re- re- let me just say that again. You have to work for a living. You have to do something, and especially if you want to make, unless again, unless you get lucky and you're working as like a coder for some tech company and you work twelve hours a week and make ninety thousand dollars a year. Yes, I know that happens. Is that the majority of people though? No, it is not. No, yeah. And so, most of the time, you're going to be working forty plus hours a week, having to also juggle a family, having to also juggle your personal life, your personal relationships 
any hobbies that bring you any kind of personal fulfillment. 40 plus hours a week to do that. And I think something, and the reason I really wanted to have this conversation is a lot of the things that I've been grappling with within, I would say, like my late 20s, early 30s has just kind of been coming to terms with that. Coming to terms with the fact that like, yeah, hey, it's okay to not, I'm going to tell this to everybody out there. It's okay to not be in love with your job. It's okay to be like, you know what? But it's also, you never want to hit that point where, and Jack and I talk about it all the time, where we go, oh, we're not going to talk about work. And we don't do that because we don't want to not talk about work, but we don't want to ever just fall into that cycle of complaining. Yeah, which is, I, I was telling Charlie at the beginning of this episode before we recorded, like, I, I know I can come off as like I'm complaining or just ranting, and I don't want to. I just think sometimes my tone can come off that way. Right. So, like, I really do just, like, want to have a conversation. And sometimes, like, it's hard to have that conversation, you know? So, like, obviously, whoever's listening to this, you know, I would love some, like, feedback or, like, talk about this episode. Because, like, it's – this kind of conversation doesn't happen often enough, I feel like. Mm. And a lot of people are very, very, like, closed off with how they're doing. Especially, yeah. like, not, like, emotionally, because people, I think, are better about that nowadays, but, like, financially. Oh, like, yeah. And, like, it, it sucks to me that, like, you know, you see people that are working and they're, like, there's a Walmart I, I work at and that's one of my stores. And there's this old guy that works there who, like, walks super slow, like, moves super slow. And I'm, like, why is this guy having to work? Like, that's one of my thoughts every single time I yeah. see him is, like, why is this person having to work? Like you're talking like they didn't like he hasn't worked hard and like hasn't earned whatever like the fact that like, people have to come out of retirement to like cover basic living is like mm. like and that's just like scratching the surface of like things oh, yeah. that I find really wrong yeah. with with how money is so valued in our society exactly. and how it's like if you're not making this much you are struggling and or have to give up just basic enjoyment of life to, you know, make ends meet. It's like, oh, yeah, I'd love to go out and hang out with my friends. Is that, like, something that's going to change your life? No. But is it going to be something that's going to help you, like, emotionally and mentally? To be like, hey, yeah, I can go out and grab dinner with my friends and not have to get water and an appetizer. You know what I mean? It's like I can go get a full meal and not be like, well, got to put in 10 extra hours at my job next week, you know? Right. I, I, I want... Oh, have to take this week-long vacation? Well, good thing I saved up the vacation time for a year and a half. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like, you Dang, know, so man, I, like... I, I just wish there was more of a balance of, like... I guess we could get more into, like... There was a more socialist aspect to how we live. Where, right. like... One thing I had in my notes that I wanted, I wanted to bring up that I thought is very prevalent to this is, like, a lot of people work jobs for their, like, insurance, yeah. right? And even when you work that job, like you pay into this insurance all year and say like, you're fine. Nothing happens. You, you've you spent a thousand bucks easily on just like one insurance over the course of that year that easily. And when it comes to like me personally, dental insurance sucks. You can have the premium coverage, which I do. Yeah. And your cap is only $3,000. Once you hit $3,000, then like you're paying through most everything out of pocket except for some discounts. You know, and so in my situation, that sucks. 
you know, having to put down thousands of dollars yeah. towards, you know, my teeth sucks. But, like, oh. I have to. And so, but, you know, like, I'm in a place where, like, I don't, I'm not, like, struggling because of that, though. Right. And I'm so grateful and fortunate that I've got there. Right. And I just wish other people didn't have to sacrifice their well-being just or, to live. you know, even, like, when you are making that amount of money, you're making a good amount of money. The amount of people who sacrifice their lives and their job becomes their life, mm-hmm. you know, because let's face it, there's not, I don't agree with CEOs with how much money they make, but like, you also can't argue that those people, like their life is that company. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, that would suck. Like, I look at, and I'm just throwing this name out there because it is the easy, most recognizable, but like, I look at someone like Elon Musk and I'd be like, dude. Being in the spotlight like that, I would I no. But he's never. he's chosen to be. That's Absolutely. the problem. It, he's, he's yeah, so maybe he's a bad be. example because it's like Well so so anyways, I'm, I let's not go off on that tangent. No, yeah. I, wanna, I just wanted to say okay. a good example of like you just gotta work hard to like and you'll make what you're worth. I'm sorry, but someone like Jeff Bezos doesn't make Jeffrey Bezos doesn't, you know, <laughs> make literal billions, let's just say millions of dollars a year, right? He doesn't work hundreds of thousands of times harder than someone working like a warehouse job or whatever. He just doesn't. Mm. Like, I'm sorry. He doesn't. He goes into, I'm just going to guess, goes into meetings, has talks with people. But then he's so rich that other people do that for him. Other people manage his money for him, you know? And so it's like, cool. So what does he actually do? Who knows? Let's, let's, let's take a step back from that. I, I Yeah. Let's take a step back. We, we could easily go off on a couple yeah, of things. Yeah, take a step back from that. Very typical so, of... So there is two yeah. sides to this. And I'm going to speak again through the lens of personal experience. So throughout my entire Let's life, bring it back, bring it back. I'm very much the type of person who, like, I don't want to have work be my life. You know, I want work to be the thing that can support me, the thing that can pay the bills because that's what I have to do. But like, I want to have a life outside of that. And that life outside of that is more important and will always be. But there's another side of that. So I work with, and my boss, again, I'm mentioning any names. He came from overseas and worked and he came from a part of the world that was incredibly unstable, you know, to where he and his childhood grew up having a fear of, oh my gosh, the government might kick down the door and do mm-hmm. something. Yeah. Uh, pretty regularly, we're not going to have water. We're not going to have power because of, oh, this place was bombed or this group did this. And I'm being vague on purpose, you know. But, like, just an unstable part of the world. And so he came to America and is like, it's a blessing to him that he can just work. Like, he loves yeah the lifestyle and the thing. And so for him, having to put in the extra hours, having to do that is absolutely nothing compared to the stress and fear of survival, right? Mm -hmm. And so that is something I do really, really want to say. And I think it is a huge benefit that so many people overlook, right? We can sit here and complain all we want, but we are fortunate enough to live in a place in the world. To be recording this right now. I'm not even going to say like, oh, we're fortunate to be Americans. No, that's not what I'm saying. But we're fortunate to be in a place in the world to where we don't have to worry. I don't have to think about, God, next week is so and this group, this group going to kick down my door and demand that I give them stuff. 
I don't have to worry about this occupying force suddenly coming across the border. You know, I don't have to worry about, maybe I do have to worry about Texas coming. coming you, you know, Charlie, you know I mean? some, some people would say we have to worry about that. No, but that's what I'm, I'm saying. I'm saying. But, I'm yes, it's, I think you can think about that, but like, is that the reality? No, like the reality is that like, we live safe lives. Oh, 100%. it is. It's unthinkable that like we lose power for like weeks at a time. And yeah. when it does happen, it's like a huge thing. Yeah, when we lose power for like a day or two. I am in no way saying that society <sighs> is society. But I'm in no way saying that like it's perfect, that you should be so thankful for what you have. But I'm also saying, hey, be thankful for what you have. Because like the alternative, and we're going to get into, I think, zoom out into like the bigger thing of just humanity in general. So mm-hmm. save your thoughts here in a second for just a second track. But, you know, we, I always do want to take a step back. Because as much as I can go and I can say and I can complain about my life or the things that have happened, I still always want to check that with the reality of like, hey, Charlie, you don't have to, you are lucky enough to not have to worry about food. You have a roof over your head. You have fresh water. You're not out on the street. You're not hopelessly addicted to some like horrible, you know, drug, right? So I think that is often lost in these conversations is that like, you know, I see, especially I feel like on places like Reddit, where you see like just thread after thread of like anti-work stuff. No, I don't think CEOs should make all this money. Of course not. But at the same time, like all these people are writing these posts on a social media platform and complaining about it online with an infrastructure that connects people from all over the world. And I'm like, you know, it's like those people who are like, oh, I'm so upset about this. And they're complaining about it on Twitter. And it's like, dude. So, so I mean, I want to take a step back, like, away from that angle. Because, like, that is, I think, it's easy to get trapped into that mindset of, like, oh, man. Everything sucks. Everything's horrible. Because the reality is, yeah, there are a, a whole host of things that could be better or could be more beneficial. But we're also not having to worry about being shot. True. I do want to say that. I think when we have these conversations that you and I recognize that, and I hope that our listeners re- our listeners recognize that as well. And I think that we're, we're coming at this more from a perspective of growing up in the United States. Yeah. And I, I, I feel like I've been kind of jaded because when I was growing up, I very much believed in like the American dream mm. that, you know, you work hard and things will go right. A lot of stuff has not gone right. Yeah. You know? With that saying, like, obviously, I haven't, I haven't been homeless, but I've also been very fortunate and very lucky to have not been. Because there are plenty of chances where if I didn't have the family I had or yeah. I didn't luck out with, you know, a certain job at a certain time, I would be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, So I, I do think there's a certain perspective we come at this from where I understand that I'm not coming from a country that is under constant threat. Right. You know, and we're, we've been nowhere close to that no. in the United States, arguably ever. I mean, obviously, you've had stuff like the Great Depression, but that right stuff is very far, very far removed um, and hopefully won't happen again. But, you know, when I think about this kind of stuff, it's just it's very it's very disheartening to say, like, hey, like, I have to work so hard and all of it can be gone in a month. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I don't have 
I don't make enough for savings. I don't make enough if I break my arm. I have to not work for however long or if something happens to me or like if I pass away, what's going to happen? Like I'm like in an accident or whatever and I pass away. Like what's going to happen to like my family, like my immediate family? Right. You know, like are so, they going to be okay? Let's and, take a step back. You got another I step wanna back. Ask you, I want to ask you a question, Jack. We yes. talk about things like, oh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Right. Ultimately, what has happened? I think of the state of the world, right? And recently I had kind of this, really actually it was kind of spawned on by a great YouTube channel. But I kind of like fell down this rabbit hole and it got me like both, I think, incredibly sad, but then like incredibly, I don't know, thankful at the same time. But so I was watching the this channel weird history and they have like the timeline of the 90s it's like everything important that happened in the year 1990 it's a really cool channel charlie moon was born <laughs> i did expect him to say that one of the greatest know. writers of our time but they'll be saying it one day they you know they talked about within that they talked about the rwanda genocide which i believe was 1994 and i was like Dude, I absolutely know nothing about that. Never in school was I taught that. No history class. And I went and like just read about it on Wikipedia, which that's like an awesome case for just the technology we have is that I can just go and read about this. Oh yeah. But I was reading about this and it's like absolutely horrific. And it gets it always gets me thinking. And I thought this way when, you know, Russia invaded Ukraine. I think about this when I hear about shootings. I think about this when I just think about the plight of humans on our globe. But I think the most upsetting thing to me, and I want to, I want to try to get to like the root. Like let's let's look past the money. Let's look past survival. Let's look past. I think ultimately, when it comes down to it, what is Jack? And this is a big question. Are you ready? What is the basic rights for a human? Right. What does a human, just by function of being human, let's take a, let's, let's, mm-hmm. I know that we could get into the concept of like, oh, AI, sentient. No, we're, we're just going to, what, is, gonna a, make it, what is a basic, what is a human basic human, no matter where they're born, no matter who they are, what does a basic human deserve? Off the top of my head. Yeah. Uh, shelter. Okay. Clean food and water. Um, a good job. So already, we failed that. I mean, if we think about I, humans, I, I know, and I know, and out. and the ability to explore, you know, things they enjoy, right, and have personal fulfillment. Yeah, I think those are. I'm gonna lump those last two as one. Those are like five basic needs. I think every human mm-hmm. should be able to experience. And I mean, at at, at some point, right. But and so, yeah, yeah, I tend to agree with you. Like the human, like deserves those things. And what's so funny to me is, like you said earlier, and I'm bringing it back around, but when I think about religion, I think for the vast majority of history, and I think you could even argue up to today, religion was kind of that third all-powerful arbiter, right? That said, like, hey, you can't kill your fellow human. Hey, you can't steal for whatever it was, whatever religion, right? But that 
doesn't seem to matter because humans seem to corrupt it and say like, oh, hey, well, actually, you need to pay to get into heaven. Actually, no, this religion's wrong. And because this, these people believe this, we can just kill them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, yeah. I just think about all the time. I like, I think about, and I I know this is gonna come across as like super hippie-ish, but I'm like, dude, I almost don't think humans deserve to be as smart as they are, because when it comes down to it, pardon my language, I'm just gonna drop it. Actually, I believe it. No, you can if you want. It's really fun. Hold, hold on, let me get a freaking. Now we say what you were gonna say, but. When it comes down to it, people are just fucking animals, man. Like, I'm not going to believe it, by the way, because I think you're going to edit this one. You know what I mean, though? <laughs> but, like, that's, yeah. that's what it comes down to. Like, people, like, animals just murder each other. But animals are also incredibly kind. Animals can take care of each other. And so we do. Like, I do think that human tendency is to focus on the negatives. And you don't think about the, all the positives that have happened. But the thing is, is that the negatives pretty freaking bad. Well, so I think that humans are born with an innate sense. I, I do think humans are born with an innate sense of right and wrong. Mm. And where you grow up determines, like, moves those goalposts. You know, what's just, what's unjust. Um, and that often comes from how much did you have to see growing up? How much did you have to struggle growing up? How much of, like, life did you have to actually experience growing up? Because right. you look at someone, like, just say growing up the way we did, and this one who grew up with, you know, a silver spoon in their mouth, they're going to view life vastly different than we do. And they always will because they weren't exposed to the things we were exposed to. And then someone who grew up, you know, homeless will not view life and or like the same values that we see, you know? So humans are always going to see things at different levels. But I think where we shine is when we're actually able to come together and like talk about and understand that like, yeah, like we have to, we have to cooperate and we have to live together. And I think that a lot of that is lost though, especially just so much when, when it comes to money, a lot of that is lost because we value people based on the dollar essentially. Right. How much are you going to make for the company? Yeah, cool. You know, how much are you going to get back? Not even close to what you actually make for the company, but, you know, don't don't question it. Also, don't don't talk about your coworkers with it. I actually fight amongst your cuz like everyone who makes the money we make, we're not taught to, you know, be like, "Hey, like isn't it kind of weird that we do all this work and then someone else profits way more than we do?" But no, Charlie, you don't work as hard as someone else. And so, you know, you're sitting cushy. You're. I guess. Yeah, let me, so let me, let me challenge you here a second. Okay. Yeah. Though. Go ahead. So challenge. Me, yes. Please. I do think that, and that is like kind of unique. I would say to the the corporate structure because I do hear about that a lot. However, though, I can totally see a, th- a weird through line. Okay, for the first time in my life, it's it's so funny. Sorry, Charlie Tangent Corner. It's so funny. No, it's great. People like Charlie Tangent more than they like Jack Tangent. So, everybody out there, this is started by Jack, though he inspired me to say this. I just hope you're listening at this point. So funny, though. I, for the first time in my life, can see like a clear pathway up like the corporate ladder, right? 
Mm-hmm. And it's really funny to me that the type of person I am, the kind of easygoing, can get along with most types of people, even if I don't like them, knows how to communicate, knows how to talk. It's really funny to me that, like, the the more I just know people, I'm like, people are like, oh, Charlie, you're, wow, really, that's really well said. Really, you're so good with people. And I'm like, what are you talking about? It's just me. Like, but... My boss's job, I think, is very challenging. Long pause. You know. But then his boss's job, you're getting to the point where it's more meetings. Yes, you have a huge weight of expectation on you, but it's meetings, it's setting direction, it's X, Y, and Z, and it starts to get easier. Yes, harder in some ways, of course. You know, but like my boss's boss, he doesn't have to worry about working the, the weekends. If something an emergency happens, of course he's expected to be there and he'll be there because that's kind of the the nat- the nature of that position. Mm-hmm. There's an emergency, but like, no, I think it only gets easier when you go up. And so I do think there's this mystique though that it's like, and that goes back to I think how we were raised. And I'm not saying like, oh, mom and dad, I can't believe you raised us like this because I think <laughs> when I'm in now in the position to like hiring people and stuff, good work ethic is just hard to find. But like, oh, I agree. Yeah, like that idea of, hey, just work hard. Oh, this person works harder than you. I and that's what kind of wanted to what a Lula, jeez. That is what I wanted to challenge you on. Is do you actually feel like that though? Do you actually feel like you have to work harder to get somewhere better? Or do you think that is that is just a myth? Because the way the way you're saying it is like people will blame you for not working hard enough, but is that just a you thing? Right? Are you actually are people actually telling you, hey, Jack, I need you to work harder? Or is that just an inbuilt thing in your mind that tells you that, like, oh, this person didn't seem happy with me, so I must need to work harder? Well, so here, I'm not happy with this aspect of my life. I need to work harder. I guess what I, what I was trying to get at more mm-hmm. so is that there's a lot more infighting on, among, like, people who aren't, like, managing managers. Ah, There's okay. a lot more blame on, like, you're the reason that like this is going wrong because you're not like millennials aren't working as hard as like, you know, Gen X or as like as hard as like boomers quote unquote worked. You know what That's I mean? That's just short-sighted bullshit. Like, so like, well, like there's, there's that kind of stuff. It's like, yeah. Oh, kids have it easy nowadays where it's like, well, actually no, because based on if I went back and translated how much I make even like 20 years ago, I could buy a house. I could buy a car. You know what I mean? Cause like, there the there's been something that's gone wrong where it's so much harder to just exist in 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 America. There's something it's harder to just exist because I mean and you see this all the time, like, oh, minimum wage is like seven twenty five or whatever in a lot of places still. But like the price are and that stay the same for like however I I don't know the exact year. That say the exact same. Oh, but rent's gone up. 500% in the past three years. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so when people are told like, you're not just, you're just not working hard enough. It's like, what more can I do? You know how many people I talk to that ha- work oh. two jobs? Oh, I, jobs? No, here, I will. Like the fact that what I get to a lot is like the fact that teachers have to work more like teachers who arguably do one of the, one of the hardest jobs and one of the most, it's like 
being a teacher is a job that I can only like fathom. Like you have so much like responsibility and weight on your shoulders because you're molding like these children, molding right? Minds. And like you're taught, like yeah, you're great, you're great. But at the same time, yep. Yeah, see you later, students. See you tomorrow. Clock out. Hey, Charlie, come and work at Starbucks for my part time job. You know what I mean? Like right. that. Like why? Why does that happen? You right. know? Like I guess they're just not working hard enough, or you know, like it's like that's where that's where I start seeing the problem personally, right. and right. like. I guess that's where I become jaded is that mm. there's there's so much like infighting and like people, you know, our age or who are in our bracket. And it's not like, why are we the problem when we're not the ones making the decision? We're just trying to get by right. basically because like I can see myself being a manager of like salespeople. Do I want to No, because manager of salespeople, I would hate that job. Because like the manager of salespeople, Jack, the manager of sales. <laughs> so you know, let me, let me. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm hoping. Let me. I say this all the time. I'm hoping I'm making sense and not just sounding stupid. Let me, let me ask you this. I'm sounding stupid, right. aren't I? No, no, no. We're gonna attack, attack this, poke at this from a different angle for you, right? Oh, got it. So, I think the one thing, especially for me. The further I've gotten in my in my job and my career is learning more about just the raw numbers of it mm-hmm. all, right? About you know, my store makes this much, the company makes this, the area makes this much, so on and so forth, right? So when you look at it, there is, and again, I think the core of what you're saying is right. Right. And I think the sad part about a lot of it, though, is that, and this goes back to the, I think the way are just the, what society deems as important goes back to the money. Right. Yeah. And it's so sad when I hear that, oh, so and so is offering $15 an hour now. You get, your lead position's $20 an hour. And you think, wow, cool, right? Dude, that's sick. But then you're like, well, okay, but since the corporation, whoever it is, is now paying this much money for wages, guess what? They cut hours because now they want to control that. Now they say, hey, you can't have so many leads in your store because the leads need to be able to do their job, which I agree with, right? You have four you have four, I don't know, leaders of people, minor managers, shift positions, supervisors, whatever you want to call them. And especially like through the pandemic, a lot of businesses were in the spots where like, hey, we just need people who can actually work, right? We need somebody who can come in and open the store. We need somebody who can run the sales route. You want to work, right? And they kind of just gave away. But now... Post pandemic, it it feels like they're pulling all that back and they're saying, "Hey, you actually need to work. You actually need to be responsible." As somebody who is running and working for a corporation, don't get me wrong, I want every person to be able to be taken care of. I want people to be able to get the hours they need, people to get the benefits they need. 
But the reality of it is, is that all of those decisions are made so high up that I can't do anything. But there are so many people who will look at me and blame me. I could blame my boss. I could blame my boss's boss. But hey, guess what? Even he can't do anything. You know what I mean? And so at some point, your store determines like the amount of hours it needs. Right. And then but that number you is have to distribute but it. exactly. But that number is arbitrarily then determined, not arbitrarily, but the company says, oh, we want to do this. And so it's funny because I find myself in this position to where I need people to show up and work. I need people to work hard and to do their job. But the job's not an easy job. Any service industry job, whether you work at McDonald's, whether you work uh, whatever is frankly a like a very taxing job especially when you start to get more responsibilities and they say oh hey you need to make sure you run these people's breaks you need to make sure that you do this you need to make sure that all your tables are taken care of you need to make sure that and it's just like at some point though you have to like take a step back and i've asked myself this so many times is like okay though but if if they came to me and they said hey charlie you can cut your pay and you can pay your workers more. Would I do it? Just now, just when I went on this whole spiel about how I'm finally comfortable, how I can finally make enough. Like, no, you wouldn't do it. No, I wouldn't do it. But that's my perspective. And so then you like look up and you're like, well, how many people have that perspective? You know, how many people are self? And that's when you kind of realize that I think in some ways the whole system is kind of, I wouldn't even say broken. But the whole system doesn't value, I guess, the same things that I value. Well, I want to. I was going to say that it doesn't value humans, but like, I don't know if that's necessarily true. But so I, I would say like, what I value about the world and life is not what the, my reality values about mm. the world and life. And so, yes, like we can like wish for things to be better and we can wish for all these things. But like ultimately at the end of the day, I don't know if it will naturally change. Right. I don't know if we'll ever hit a point to where there's this utopia where people can just be taken care of where, Hey, guess what? You know, cause it's like, Hey, you get free healthcare, but then the healthcare kind of sucks. Hey, you get, Food stamps, but the food you can get on food stamps sucks. Hey, you, you know what I mean? It's like there's always this like horrific give and take of like, geez, there's nobody can win. And the people who are winning, like, yes, we hear about billionaires, but like there are so many people who make so much money that we just don't hear about. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I have to wonder, you have to, I, I ask myself all the time, like there has to be enough money, right? Well, because the, here's the thing, there is. And I mean, like we like to boast about, our healthcare here. But like, I mean, just a while ago, like we had to do an emergency room thing. I'm like, I don't go into details. We had to go to the emergency room. Right. In the waiting room for six hours. Finally went out of the waiting room into like a room waiting for another two hours before the doctor came in and saw like whatever, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, we we gotta, we gotta pay for that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like really? Like we, we boast like this amazing healthcare, but, that doesn't seem great. But, like, here, here's two things, two quotes I want to throw at you. Okay. That's, that's why you can't ever really win. One, it's expensive to be poor. Mm. Two, more money, more problems. 
Okay. More money, more problems. That's why you can't really ever win. Because like yeah. at some point you're always it's always a dog eat dog, whatever kind of kind of world, wherever you are, right? Because at some point you're forced to compromise something. There's always a yeah. compromise at every step. When you're starting out working, it's compromising your personal time mm-hmm. and your hobbies because you have to work that overtime to get to where you need to be. To just yeah, just to and then basics. at some point, okay, you compromise your mental health because then you have to worry about yeah everyone else showing up on time, about everyone else doing their job well. You can't ever rest or relax, and then before you know it, you know you go to the doctor finally because you finally have taken care of yourself. And Trey, you actually have like. Yeah, you know, a few like heart problems, and mm-hmm. just as long as you're not getting stressed out, you'll be fine. Well, <laughs> they, I'm screwed. You know what I mean? Right. Oh, then okay. Hope I have enough to retire. Sorry, you don't, because uh, your retirement funds aren't going to cover whatever. Right. And then you have to work after you're retired. You know what I mean? Like you can't ever win. And but if you do win, you have to, like, hey, yeah, sorry, I'm gonna like just, you know, fire all these people because um, my boss told me to. And we have to make pay cuts somewhere, but my boss won't, you know, he received an extra couple million this year, but I have to cut these low wage employees because that's where we're losing our money. You know what I mean? Right. Like you look at when the pandemic started and the airlines were given all this money to, hey, keep your workers on. You, th- We need this money to keep our workers on. A couple months later, they're all fired. Yeah. But they made more profits than ever because like their CEOs are making money. Like how Amazon made tons of money, but everyone else is like suffering. You and that's know? just like so. I think like you yeah. can't really ever win. No, and and that gets totally into I, the. I do. I do wish there was a. What I want is, if we got to bring it back to like terminology, I do wish there were a, a few more socialist aspects to how we live our life. Like you didn't have to worry about insurance from a job; you just were covered. You know, you didn't have to worry about, you know, if I'm gonna like starve or whatever. Like, like no, like. Your basic needs are met. You but you still have if you want to get somewhere, you still have to work and put in the effort. Yeah. But like you didn't have to worry about ah, if I'm like really sick for two weeks. You know, and that's you know what God, I mean. That's kind like, of just the sad thing, is that like you hear and this is you know, when I said at the beginning that I didn't want to get so political or talk about certain things or talk about capitalism versus socialism, it's because that no matter who you talk to, you talk to somebody who is like believes that capitalism is God's gift to the earth, right? And they say, oh, well, those people just weren't good enough to make it. And you talk to the socialists and they go, well, everybody should be taken care of. And you're like, you still, I think, hit that point and you, I think, said it very well is you, even you're losing even if you win. Like, we're not taking care of everybody with our system now. Is there actually a way to take care of everybody? You know what I mean? Is there actually a way to do that? I mean, if we didn't put all the billions into our military industrial complex. (laughs) Yeah, but then you see. (laughs) Yeah, you you, see. But even then, though, even then, though. No, I don't think we should be spending billions of dollars to make weapons or to murder people. Right. Or to build missiles or to send drones or whatever. But also, there's like a disturbing amount of, it's like, well, then you hear about, and I'm sorry, I know that, and I'm not saying that the Russian people are bad, but like the Russian government, you hear about like the horrible things they did in villages 
where you read about genocides and you're like, okay, I kind of understand why we spend so much money on defense because we want to stop that from happening. But it's almost like it's just horribly like it's not effective. It's like you're just throwing money at something and it's like, well, that doesn't matter. And at some point, that's why I asked you kind of that crucial question is like, what does a human actually deserve? Like, it would be so nice to cut our military spending in half to do all this. But then I do, I do worry. I'm like, well, what if there's some insane person who well, takes control? You know, so I mean, or is it just left over? Is it just fear? You know, like, because I don't trust. The thing is, is, and I think, you know, I think about a game actually like uh, Bioshock. And Andrew I think about Ryan. Right. And I think about like, hey, all these different systems abuse their people in all these different ways. But hey, our system gives power to the people. But then guess what? People still screw each other over. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> like well, so well, do you just lose? Like, is there just no? And that's the thing I, I think I kind of refuse to believe, right? Is that I believe that, yes, people have, like, incredible capability to be cruel and to hurt and to maim and to, like, do just unthinkable damage. But then I also do believe that people have the ability to prevent those things to work together to like actually solve it and that's kind of what i think i i'm so confused about you know because it's like i think about like man if i was elon musk right i have billions of jeff, jeff if i was jeffrey mr jeffrey mr jeff if i was mr jeff that's what i call and him. i had mr. Billion, jb if i was mr jb <laughs> i had billions of dollars I try. It's, I could it's all set, in stocks, so I actually can't do anything with it. But I they could, still do everything with it. I could set up my family generationally, taken care of, hand okay. over fist, hand over fist. <laughs> They're taken care of. They never have to worry. My my great 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 grandchild not gonna have to worry, right? Okay, still have all this money, right? Let's t- cut that money in half. Let's just say half of it disappears. Oh, I'm still good. Like, what is stopping these people? What is stopping Elon Musk from like being like, hey, you know what? We're just gonna fix this. We're gonna we're in global hunger. You know, like and I guess that's where I have like this as much as I love people, I love my brother sitting across from me at this table. Is it on my shoulders to solve all these problems? No, I think it's on everyone's shoulders a collective. to contribute. It's a collective to actually be able to, but like you never hear about those things. Can I, can I, can I run an idea by you yeah. that I've had? And I don't know if I've talked to someone about it and it was shot down. Okay. Tell me if this is dumb. Once you start working, right? You start paying your taxes. You have a separate county tax. Okay. Just, just, this is how I thought of it. You have a county tax and you can choose to vote on where that goes to roads schools Mm. yada 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 and every quarter of the year you choose where that goes to so for this for these you know three months or whatever it's gonna go to roads and it's like hey we're gonna take a dollar to you choose how much you want out of your paycheck to give to this direct fund to schools for books for meals for whatever right or for clothes for children for helping the homeless or whatever there's a whole plethora of things right plethora. and so you have say like the whole county that we live in everyone's putting forth a dollar 
every paycheck, just just a dollar. Suddenly you're generating hundreds of thousands, even if it's tens of thousands of dollars every two weeks, every week, you know, give or take, toward directly towards a fund. And as long as those are allocated appropriately, like why wouldn't that work? And why hasn't that been implemented? I think my question is that kind of is just that isn't that just supposed to be taxes? Like have you seen have you seen the roads here though? They suck. And they're being constructed on for like years at a time. So it's like, yeah, it's so I guess for me, I'm like, I I would like to see results, not right. immediately, but like within like five years. But like where I live oh. hasn't changed at all. You know what I mean? And like I see, but I see like more homeless people all the time. I see like the same homeless person for like the past years now at this exact same spot. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm like, why, why they, they haven't been able to get help. You know, it's like, I'm sure, hey, here, here's 20 bucks. Here's 100 bucks. Let me save, save up with a meal or whatever. I'm sorry, but, like, they need, like, long-term help. And I'm yeah. like, so, like, why wouldn't, why would that idea not work? Am I, like, crazy and think that that idea wouldn't work at all? I mean. You just, I think when it gets down to it, it is just ultimately people, right? That, that when you're looking over an entire county, an entire state, an entire town, it is impossible to take into account the needs and situations of every single person. Mm-hmm. Impossible. It's impossible to make everybody happy. And so from that point of view, you don't see, the person making the decisions doesn't see that homeless man. But they're giving money to this organization, which supposedly... Helps, you know, those who don't have homes. But other than that, organization just funded them to get into office. So, you know. I mean, that's it. We're, that, uh, Let's we're, just say. No. no, no, I mean, that's, that's <laughs> like, that is the whole thing. And so I think when it comes down to it, Jack, a huge portion of this conversation has been talking about kind of the, the what ifs and the overwhelming, I feel like, nature of this, right? Because it was funny when you were talking about this this person that you kept saying, one question popped into my head is like, Well, I mean, Jack, why didn't you just give him money? Why didn't you why didn't you help him? Why didn't you give him resources? Are you part of the problem? I don't think you're part of the problem, but that question popped into my head though, right? Because then mm-hmm. I asked myself that same question, oh, what would you do, Charlie? Well, like am I because like here's I? the thing, because like like I said Am I responsible? If like I could give that person twenty dollars every time I saw them, right? Would that change, would that $20 change your life? Oh, they're supposed to save that $20, have 40 next time, 60. And then eventually, you know, like, I'm sorry, but like when you're homeless, like you have needs, food, you know, shelter, to be clean, you know, to try to like, or whatever, like you're broke, like a lot of people are broken at that point, you know? So it's like, at the moment, like, I just want like, I'm just gonna go get like a hot meal and like, you know, just try to like live another day you know so like i'm not thinking like yeah i need to save up twenty dollars here twenty dollars here and then in a year i can rent a place for a week and get cleaned up and find it like that's just not going to happen like you, right. they need long-term help that yeah. like i i can't provide yeah and if i could like i would you know yeah. but i'm not i'm making enough to be comfortable i'm not i'm not making enough to be comfortable and also support a whole nother person that i need mm. to constantly check in on you so know what i mean 
we've talked about a whole lot of different things. Yeah, let's get to the right. point of this whole conversation, Charlie. The whole point. Wrap it up. Yeah, the whole point. Don't wrap it up, but you know what I mean. The whole point of this conversation, right, is to not provide answers, is not to make somebody feel guilty that they're not doing enough, but is to, if like, if I could have anybody listen to this and take away something positive, it would be, it would be this. We have to, as people, be willing to actually work together, right? We have to be able to look past differences in perspective because like you said depending on how you grew up depending on where you grew up depending on what your parents were like depending on your situation you'll have a different perspective than the person you're standing right next to it is i think a very human fault to look at your brain and to think wow you know what my point of view my perspective is right i think that is an absolute fault in people i am not saying Hey, give up what you believe. Don't fight for an idea you think is good. No, that is not what I'm saying. But I see whether it's in life, whether it's online. I kind of disregard online because that's a whole other topic where like negativity feeds content. And so it's like you earn money. Like news. Like you wouldn't watch the news if they're like, oh, man, what another beautiful day. You're like, okay, cool. But then so they're like, well, eight people died in a shooting tonight. Listen to the 11 to see more. You're like, what the okay, I guess I have to listen to 11. You know what I mean? Or the title that today marks the 299th, you know, Mass shooting, shooting yeah. this School year. You're, shooting. Like, you're like, well, crap. This okay. year so far, by the way. So, you know, that's <laughs> social media generates buzz and clicks and money by supporting outrage and negativity. So... But I see often, too, way too often life, okay? And this is the, all the people I've known, I talk to. So often, people are completely unwilling to look beyond their own brain, right? It is incredibly rare to have people that just have empathy. And I'm not talking about empathy for everything right because you don't want to get to the point where you're like so sympathetic that you're just absorbed in all these problems and that oh everybody you know but just to have empathy just to have say like you know what this person is going through this that might be why they think that but hey their thoughts are still valid or maybe they're not valid being able to actually have those conversations but something that's told me and especially like as i move forward within my career, and I seem to be so valued just for the type of person I am, I'm like, you know, all I'm doing is just actually talking to people. I am not the most effective leader. I'm not the best writer. I'm not the smartest man alive. I'm not, I'm not special. But for some reason, you're special to me. No, of course. Of course. <laughs> I'm not, and that's what I'm saying. It's like, but like, with how many billions of people exist, I like just, I'm like, man, can we just actually like find solutions that don't involve screwing people over or killing people or, and I realize that like nothing, not everything will be that simple, but like it starts with people actually being able to have a conversation with people actually being able to say, you know what? I don't, I don't agree with that at all, but you have a right to think that. And I have a right to think this. 
How rare is that? Do you ever see somebody just go, you know what? Agree to disagree. And they go, okay, cool. No, that yeah, never happens. With, they say agree to disagree without coming, the next thought out of their mouth being like, coming down as like condescending or whatever. You know, there's so many people, and it's so funny that, you know, we can complain about corporations, we can complain about our politics, but like when it comes down to it, you know, the biggest issue that I we have is one of class. If, if you have stuff or if you don't have stuff, right? And we think about like all these other issues and all these other things, but like meanwhile, there are just like corporations profiting off of outrage. There are just YouTube channels that get hundreds of millions of views from outrage. You know, we can say all we want that, People like Keemstar suck. Oh, he's so bad. But dude, he's made so much money. That's a, that's he, a niche reference right there for Does our he care? You know what I mean? Yeah. We can Okay, let's make a let's make a really a pointed reference. Donald Trump. Has anything actually happened to him? Has anything actually whether okay, here you know, here's what, your opinions of the man aside. Has anything actually happened to him? No. You know why? No, here, here, I'm going to tell you right now. This is why another thing that's made me jaded with America. Again, very thankful that I've had all the opportunity. But if you have money, you have a lot more ability to not be in trouble. Oh, yeah. Like anything that can be ticketed, like that police give you, oh, yeah. is not, you know, like, okay, God, I'm screwed. I'm, I'm done for. You know what I mean? Someone who's making hundreds of thousands or millions, okay, whatever, no big deal. Or in your case, or in your case, in in Trump's case, hey, um, I have all this money and all this power and leverage to just not go to jail, to just not do this. You know what I mean? Meanwhile, if I did anything remotely close, like, hey, avoid paying taxes or these loopholes or whatever, I'd be in jail. I'd be taxed forever. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So, like, there are th- certain things definitely that are not fair that immediately make people jaded and question kind of essentially right. like everything that they've been taught, basically. And it's just, you know, I am not one to say, like, oh, man, vast conspiracies. No, I'm not a conspiracy theorist at all. But, like, man... Except, except for Bigfoot. Except for Bigfoot. He's real. But at the end of the day, man, like, ultimately, there are a few people in the world that hold all like a, a lot of the power, a lot of the wealth, right? That make a lot of the decisions. You get punished, Jack, for missing out on X, Y, X amount of sales, right? on not being able to ship this many units. But then your corporate boss can make a bad decision and cost millions but still keep his office. Meanwhile, you have to worry, oh, am I going to have my job? You know what I mean? And it's it's at that point that I think, man, here I am. I'm not offering any solutions, but what I'm saying is that people should really be able to talk to each other. You mentioned it earlier. And you want to hear a prime example within this conversation? Hmm. How I refuse to actually say how much money each of us makes a year. Because I feel like it's some sort of taboo. Because I feel like I'll immediately be written off 
or I'll be written off or celebrated or drug over the coals for whatever, for the number, right? Yeah, you're either making too much or too little, and you're either going to be respected or not respected. And so yeah, it, it hits this point where I'm like, people, we just need to talk to each other. And we need to actually be able to talk to each other because I truly believe we can sort this out. You know, and I, I think the sad part of it is if I had to give you, and the last question I'll ask you, Jack. So after this whole conversation, it's been, I would say maybe more on the negative side. But I which, think it's which just, I hate, but I do think it's, I, I do like uh, having these conversations. No, well, I just think it's just because the whole point is like the state of life. And like, it's so funny because like within my life, I've made so many strides to be personally happy, to, to rationalize where I'm at and to accept it and to like embrace the day to day, to be in the moment, to put energy into like my friends and family and the people who love me. And that's helped me so much. But then it's like, guy, every once in a while, I just hear, you hear the news, you hear X, Y, and Z. And it's just, you're like, like, I mean, that's why I think, you know, it, it is a lot sometimes, but like you have, at some point you have to not block it out, but realize that you're one person and you are only responsible for you yeah. and what you do. Very and so. at some point, like you make the choice, I'm going to take it upon myself today to reach out to a friend, yeah, to do this, to try to plan something, just to start being more active in other people's lives, not just because you think they want you to, but because you want to, because it's good for you to, yeah. you know, like we talked about, like we want to start doing like, you know, more like dinners or whatever and inviting like, you know, the couples over yeah. or whatever. Like we want to start doing that because it, even though like sometimes it's like, God, it's overwhelming or whatever. It's at the end of the day, mm. end of the day, good for us. Now I think you have to start small if you want to affect something big basically. Yeah. And so starting with like friends, family, whoever is a great place to start. And that's what, that's what a lot of life has told me is mm-hmm. that like even though like making more money is always nice, it's also nice to be able to make that money and be like, hey, like guys come over. I'm providing dinner. No worries, don't worry about it. You know? Just being able to do that is like to me like enough to be happy. Mm-hmm. And to be able to play games with friends every now and then, or you know, just be able to raise kids. And not have to worry if they're going to be able to go to school or have uniforms for school or whatever. You know, like, that that's taken care of. Like, that's enough for me. Like, I'm glad that I'm there. And if right. I can improve on that, that's what I want to improve on. Right. And so, I, and again, like, everyone's perspectives are different. But I'm like, if more people can just live comfortably... I think you can see a lot more good come out of that rather than people living in excess or people living in, you know, a state of like distress where Mm. like every day is like, well, another challenge where it's like, no, you just wake up and you have your basic needs met. Yeah. Ever since I've gotten to that point, it's been great. Well, let's see. I think that's where. If the last question we have here is what is the one change that you would like to see, right? Because I'm very much of the mind. And I know this is negative. I'm very much of the mind, though, that something is going to horrifically break 
there's going to be a natural disaster. There's going to be, I don't know. I'm not talking like apocalypse level, but like I'm talking like something very serious. No, I think inflation might get too right. high soon, but you know, this is a nuke will be set <laughs> off. So whatever, a nuke. But and then after that, after billions of people die, all of a sudden humanity as a whole will be like, oh shoot, man, maybe we should actually. Take care of ourselves. Is this, is this Michael talking right now? <laughs> oh, shoot, man. No, but like that's how I feel, though, right? Like, Because I read so many sci-fi books that are like, oh, man, after, uh, after the Great Divide that killed 4 billion people, people finally decided that, oh, you know what? Maybe we should, uh, <laughs> we should work around. together a little bit more. So, but I just wish that we could get to that point before that happens, before we actually break something. I'm before, glad you said before that happens. <laughs> so I think my question to you, Jack, right? Yes. If you could choose. So right now there's so much focus, and we had talked so much on this episode today about money, about the dollar, about being comfortable, about having enough. And I think it goes to show you how we were raised to think of monetary things, of money as so important. If you could choose to replace that importance in the minds of everybody, what would you choose instead? What would you say is the most, not the most important thing, but like, what would you place above that? What, what, what do you think and what do you wish more people would say, you know what? Money's not important, but this is. Uh, pursuing your own personal passion. Oh, okay. If people are able to explore what they love to do more, Without the worry that, like, you know, I'm not even saying without the worry. I'm just saying. Well, I'm just saying, like, let's say money's still there. If, if, let's just say it's not the most important. If thing people anymore. had the freedom to experience their personal hobby more, whether it be writing, songwriting, whether it be writing, you know, movie scripts, or whether it be painting, or what, like, if people are able to experience that stuff more with less weight on their shoulders or less guilt, because I feel like you're kind of we're kind of raised to be guilty about enjoying pleasures because like it's not productive or it's not making you money you know because that's what comes first and if that didn't come first and what came first is like your personal fulfillment out of what you want to do i think a lot more people would be a lot a lot happier Mm. i mean that's i don't know if that's not an ignorant take but like just not it's very like closed-minded but if just if if I was able to pursue, gosh, like what's something I want to do? I don't know what I want to do, but I wish I did. You know what I mean? Like I have a lot of ideas of stuff I want to do, um, like audio technician work, as in like all like audio sound, like sound design, right? Uh, video editing, being a streamer, yeah, you know stuff like that. If like I would be able to have a more concrete idea of what I want to do. If I was able to actually explore that and not worry that I'm just wasting time. Yeah. Because sometimes that's what it feels like. Interesting. Because you're just wasting time if it's not going to make you whatever it needs to make you. Yeah. My answer. And it's funny because I think in some ways my answer is kind of the opposite of yours. Mm -hmm. I truly wish that that drive for money could be replaced a drive instead for I mean I don't know if this is the right word but for community right for well-being 
for saying, you know what? Hey, we've made the money. Now I'm going to give back. Hey, you have this extra day off from work. This is the day for your community to pour into your local group. Because if you can actually build this strong community, if you can build the strong relationship, you were just talking about it earlier, Jack, with like building community within families, building community, building trust within people. I think that would honestly be the most imperfect, like most important thing. Like take away that egotistical drive for if you want to call it power, if you want to call it greed, I don't care what you want to call it, but take that away, right? That can still be there. You can still make a lot of money, but like having that change in your mind to say, you know what? I have this, these billions of dollars. I'm going to go around and I'm going to clean up the derelict buildings all around the world, right? All, all in the US, United States. I was just listening to a podcast and it got me hooked onto this YouTube channel about this person. I believe the YouTuber's name is Charlie Bow. Could be wrong. I think that's it. But he drives around like worst places in America. And Jack, some of these places look like they're out of like Fallout or The Last of Us. And they're like, I'm like, that, that's literally a place right now that you could go to. Yeah. Oh, empty, derelict buildings. You know, people just like scrounging to get by. And it's like, man, how nice would it be if instead of just hoarding wealth or collecting it, you know, at least like Elon Musk is like, hey, we're going to go to space. I'm like, okay, cool. Right? Like that's along the lines of what I want to see. Like, hey, you know what? We're going to do this. We're going to try to do this. You know, we're going to try to do the things for the betterment of people, not just for the betterment of me, for the self. I think ultimately one of the biggest problems with valuing 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 money so much is that it's very inherently selfish, you know. You're like if if I can take care of me and the people who I directly love, that's okay. But I think especially it's I think shown very well and God, we, we're, we're going to talk about video games at some point. Shown very well in The Last of Us and in the TV show. And they talk about it a lot in the TV show, the creators. But, like, the different types of love. That, like, is Joel justified in what he does to protect Ellie? Right? In Last of Us Part Two, is Ellie justified for what she does to get revenge? It's out of love. Ask yourself the same question, Jack. Like, if... What would you do for your daughter to keep her alive? Would you just destroy somebody else's life if it meant your daughter's life or their life? Right? And I know, like, I hope you never have to, like, you are never forced to answer that mm-hmm. question because I don't want to answer that question, right? Like, if I was forced to choose, hey, you can save your brother's life or you can save 10 unknown people, I would choose you in a heartbeat. Like, not even, I wouldn't even think, right? Control experiment. <laughs> yeah, but like, I think. Learning how to do both, learning how to say, you know what, we can, you know, we as a society will function better if we learn to take care of each other, all of us, all of, no matter what, like all of us. But right now, you can't do that. We can't help somebody else because that puts us out too much, right? We have to work. We have to have time for our families. We have to do, and so I think if I could replace that 
need for money that need to get more and more and more, I would replace it with community. Like being able to build and support people. Because you see it a lot where it's like small little communities tend to be great. You see it in like apocalypse movies where these are communities of people survive. You know? But then it's just like, oh, but then the other. The other person, oh, you know. The others. And so that sense of community and I think ultimately responsibility too for humans to like I almost think there needs to be very sci-fi movie-esque like a world convention that's like hey guys by the way humans have these rights and these things are punishable and we have enough strength to actually punish people who do break that basically but that's kind of scary you almost think you it's like, is that of, kind of like a totalitarian regime well, that, that I'm asking honestly, for? Honestly, that made me think of Futurama, where you're, everyone's called an Earthican. Like, Earth is like one conglomeration, right. you know? Everyone is a part of, like, Earth. It's not like, oh, we're from here, we're from here. It's like, no, we're all just, we're just from Earth, you know? You know what I mean? But, like, it's so funny. Like, and I think just, I, I could go on and on, but I think that's what I would change. Yeah. What are your thoughts I'm, about that, Jack, before we close out here? Before we close out, I mean, I, mean, I, I do agree um, what I changed mine. I, I don't think I changed mine because I think when it comes down to it, a lot of them are, you know, intertwined. Mm-hmm. I do think finding, you know, value uh, in things that you enjoy and things that you love vicariously would, you know, feed into you sharing that with community, sharing that with friends, family, and like your next door neighbor or whatever. And or like, you know, community like, hey, like, how can I help you do what you want to do? Hey, how can I help you get out of this like rut or whatever? You know what I mean? Like, I, I think a lot of it goes hand in hand. And I think ultimately we just want to see more of the humanity that we idealize, mm-hmm. that we've idealized in our heads, which is, hey, help you out. No problem. Don't don't even mention like paying back or whatever. I'm just doing it because you're you're in need. You know, like I wish there was just more of that. Yeah. But I mean, even when I when I asked uh, we asked you guys out to the date the other day, I was like, should I tell Charlie that like he's paying for him? You know what I mean? I was like, why is my first thought like money? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, well, no. It's like unless like stated like like hey, don't worry about it. I got you. Then like. Like why? Like why was that one of my first thoughts? You know what I mean? It's like it would have been fine, but yeah. like why? Like so like, even like on those like little levels, like just being able to change that, I think would do a lot of people a lot of good. Mm. So hopefully this conversation this conversation has been productive. I hope it has. Everyone I hope, hope I've been hope. I hope I have been squeaking in my chair too much. Everyone. Oh my gosh. I would absolutely love to hear your feedback from this episode. Here at the Racketeer Collection, we run a very small operation. Two brothers. We do all the editing. And that's what we like to do. You know, we like to have this small community that can talk to each other, that can talk about nerdy topics, that can talk about the deeper topics, and anything in between. If you like what we do, yeah, I... I Sorry, mini tangent. Oh, here we go. Do you know the percentage of times that when I watch a YouTube video, when I listen to a podcast, whatever it is, and in the beginning they go, 
please subscribe to our podcast or please do something. Do you know how likely I am to do that? Zero percent. Do you know how much more likely if at the end somebody goes, you know what? If you really like this video, if you've thought this far, give us a like. Give me a subscribe. I'm like, oh, you know what? Cool. It It's almost like when you go someplace and if you were to go someplace and they were to be like, that's $20. You're like, I want to order this. And they're like, yeah, that's $20. And you're like, yeah, I know. I, I signed it. Like when you watch a video, yeah, you know, somebody's going to ask you to subscribe. But like, so instead of subscribing, instead of following, instead of commenting, instead of giving us a review, you know what I would really like if you out there who listen to this, tell a friend about us. Tell somebody like, hey, I heard this really interesting conversation. I think it would benefit you. These guys. Yeah, these, I really disagree with them. These freaking <laughs> nerds talked about Castle in the Sky and they were wrong. They talked about Shadow of Colossus being one of the best games of all time. And I think that's the worst game of all time. Word that is a hot take. <laughs> that's probably one of the hottest takes you can ever say. Word of mouth goes a long way in building a community and just talking to each other. So I hope if anything, when you listen to this. It makes you think. It gives you a little bit of pause that can pull you out of that day-to-day routine. Because let's be honest, the day-to-day routine is a lot. You can get stuck in it. But sometimes it's good. Be pulled outside of that to realize that your life, your routine, your point of view, your perspective is all just singular. And there are billions of other ones out there. Billions of other ones that you will never know. But, hey, guess what? All it takes is talking to somebody is to bridge that connection, offer a little bit of kindness, and hey, guess what? You can make a huge difference. You know, it's so cheesy. A lot of jobs are like, oh, hey, a smile can make all the difference. There is some truth to that, though. You know, there's some truth to giving somebody a compliment, being kind to somebody, holding a door for somebody. I'll I'm not even talking about, like, here's the thing. Oh, make sure you hold the door open for a woman. No, like... No, here's... I will say... If there's something something small you can do right now is try to compliment one person a <laughs> day. Subscribe to our podcast. No, subscribe to our <laughs> podcast and Patreon. No, is like <laughs> end the episode right there. No, it's just like if you want to do something small, go off and like every day just, just go off. Just go off. Try to give someone a compliment because anytime I've received a compliment from a stranger, whether it be like, "Hey, I like your outfit" or whatever, you know what I mean, like. That sticks with you for the rest of the day. You're kind of like, oh, that's that's cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, sick. Awesome. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Small stuff like that can, even if it doesn't help them in the moment, like it it, it helps people. Yeah. Just be like, hey, hey, you look pretty cool. Like, where'd you get that? Or whatever, you know? Like, that kind of stuff can go a long way for someone. Oh, so just much. a compliment, I think, can do a lot of good. Yeah. If everyone listened to this, everyone who listened to this gave a compliment, like 10 compliments going out into the world. (laughs) But if anything, put a little kindness out into the world. Not in the expectation that you'll get it back, but that it's good to offer that. Well, I was going to say, if you don't get a compliment back, then take it back. Everyone, this has been a perspective of life from the Raconteur Collection. Dang it. He switched up on me. <laughs> I know. I, I I saw that you were ready for it, and I changed it. Thank you so much for listening. And we hope that wherever you are, you have a good morning, you have a good afternoon, or if you're going to sleep, I hope you have the very best of nights. And 
good night. Farewell. All of you does it. I was like, it's becoming it's like peak audio. It's becoming ASMR. It's going to wake someone up. We'll see you next time. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Peace.